Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the episode four of the Ice Kings podcast. Uh, before we get going, let's say hello to everybody. Sam, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, 25. I'm finally 25. My birthday was pretty good. Got some good dinners. Uh, thanks to my girlfriend and my sister bringing me out. Get some uh, hibachi. It was good. Nice, I love man. it. Well, happy, happy late birthday. And fans who are listening to this, make sure you uh, chime in on the Instagram page. Wishing Sam a belay- happy belated. Um, oh, Dylan, nice you. Dylan, brother, what's up, man? Couple of Tumsy. golf days in your in your most recent past, buddy. Talk to us about those. How you doing? Oh man, I think I should leave that out. No, let's just on. say, uh, what was it? Saturday, I golfed in a uh, local Methuen area. It was a tough course. I shouldn't have gone. I do not belong there. It's a driver course, wide open. I'm yelling for you know. So, but today I did better. You know, I can't complain with improvements. So that's good. What'd you shoot? What'd you shoot today? Uh, I didn't even keep track. All right. Well, it's good to have you both here. I'm glad you guys are here. Dylan, <laughs> go on the golf course, but yeah, always. You know, it's all about rebounds, right? So yeah, we'll have a we'll have a round of golf. We'll have to record a whole round of Dylan and the boys just playing golf. I can just segment. take a, I'll take a GoPro for you guys. To just oh laugh, my you know? gosh! Yeah, that'd oh. be unreal. Play a lot of four. Oh, fuck! There goes that. <laughs> four. Four right. Four right. That's what I'm saying. I'll, dude, uh, the hole yeah. was right next to me. I almost took this kid's head off. He was just grilling me. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I'm not even hitting that ball. Well, all right, boys, let's jump right into it. Um, lots going on in the NHL, boys. You know, the, the one of the bigger ones never thought would actually happen. I mean, Joe has been with the Sharks for, God, how many seasons now? 20, 21, 20 seasons? Something Total, like that? Uh, no, 15, I thought. Was it? Did he spend a couple of years with, with the Bruins? He, he, I think that's his whole his whole NHL career has been 20, 21, but yeah, he's been 15 he's, years at San Jose. Okay, well, either way, dude, he's, he's been he with, was with uh, me first, T, all right? For a large yeah. majority yeah. of his, uh, his career, now he's been picked up by the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have been very active in free agency this year. Uh, he said he signed a one-year, $700,000 uh, deal with Toronto. Dill, what do you think about this? What are your thoughts? Honestly, I was saying to my father earlier, I'm I'm willing to put my hate for the Toronto Maple Leafs aside this year just because I want Big Joe in that Stanley Cup game. So, um, you know, it's it's hard to say Toronto is going to get that extra bump that they've needed from the past couple seasons. But when we talk about veterans in the locker room, it makes such a big difference. And we'll probably see that with this group. They're probably looking for guys like him and, and Simmons and people like – just to keep those those younger talented guys even keel when the when the road gets bumpy a little bit, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what do you think? How do you think he will perform point wise? Um, do you think he'll keep up his produ- uh, his production? Uh, last year, he played in seventy games, had seven goals and twenty four assists. Uh, do you? But think- they were having a tough year. They were, the whole team as, as a whole weren't yeah, pretty good. Absolutely. I was gonna say like he he's gonna be on the ice with guys that are so fast and so good. And the thing about Joe Thorne is his IQ is just through the roof. He's gonna be one of the greatest passers, playmakers of all time. So I think that's gonna shine on this team. He's gonna have the ability to put points up with these guys being open. You know, Austin Matthews, he's open when he's not open. So. Um, Joe Thorne's going to make a big difference, I think. For sure. I mean, I say he gets 50 points. 
I think so. Do with the guy. Can. Yeah, I mean his IQ. It's it's he's old. This and that. You can say that all you want, but when you're playing in the NHL with a hockey IQ like that, it's just makes the game so much easier. I mean, the guy's going into his 23rd season. Like that is just that's a lot of seasons, man. And he has been productive every single season. You know? Oh, exactly. You can look at his pro- productivity and like. Like even when he was old, he got eighty-two points in two thousand sixteen. Like that's what his fifth his fifteenth season in the show, and this guy had eighty-two points. Like that's his nineteen. That was his nine. Yeah, well, dude, that's ridiculous. Like, can you name another player that at that age can have that kind of uh, efficiency? Yeah. Like we're talking about LeBron James in a different yeah. sport, but no, literally, it's you're that late in your career and you're still putting up stats. It's crazy, and like. Joe Thornton will definitely go down as one of the best passers in the NHL history. Without a doubt. Hands down. Without a doubt. Hands down. And, and I think um, coming into this year, with him going to HC Davos to start the year off, just because there's so, so so much uncertainty with COVID, and instead of like training here, he's staying in, in Switzerland in the summer because I, I think his wife is from there and he has dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. He's playing down there for free, and for he's free. just – Exactly. He's That's playing another free thing. Enjoy- just seeing a guy like that, I mean, his teammates are going to look at that and just, it's just inspiring. And, and they asked him, like, what was the deciding factor going to Toronto? And he says, I want to win a cup. And people can laugh at that all they want because Toronto can't get past this round or whatever. But when your teammates hear a guy like Joe Thornton say, I'm going on a one-year deal to Toronto to win a cup, man, they're going to be ready for it. I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, with we, we just talked about how they were very active in this past uh, free agency uh, pool. Um, they signed a new goaltender, the Sharks, Aaron Dell. Uh, he signed a one-year uh, contract of $800,000 this, this coming year. Um, I, I, uh, Dell is a very capable goalie, but I, I don't see him being a starter. I can see... Oh, he's going to be a two-way. I think, I think he's going to be a one AHL starter. Uh, is he going to be a two Because they got well, because they got Jones and they just signed du- uh, traded for Dubnik. I'm thinking it's more for depth because at the end of the day, like no, no, no. Dude, they Leaf traded for Dubnik. Maple Leaf signed them, signed Dell. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think. Oh, okay. So wait, was wasn't Dell playing for the Sharks organization? Dell played for the Sharks. Oh, okay. Okay, that's why I'm getting mixed up. I was yeah, like, it was okay. a little weird wording. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Maple Leafs just signed goaltender Aaron Dell uh, to a one-year contract worth 800K. I, I feel like they'll do that 1A, 1B scenario like most teams are mm-hmm. doing. Because uh, I think Aaron Dell, I don't think he's that 1A, but I can see him kind of uh, shouldering a little bit of the load away from uh, their their uh, Toronto star. Anderson, yeah. Frederick yeah, they got Anderson, quite a bit sick. of goalies now. So. <laughs> they do. In addition, in addition to the pickup of the goalie, the Leafs signed Jimmy Vesey as well. Um, mm-hmm. from, from Buffalo. Uh, they also signed Zach Bulgasian, uh, Joey Anderson from New Jersey, Travis Boyd from the Capitals. Um, I mean, you have all the pieces right there. It's just... From Calgary, they added a defenseman that they desperately needed. Um, I, th- I think they're looking good. They lo- they lost one of their um, prospects in Jeremy Bracco, who was like the number one or number two AHL getter, point getter. Last yep. year, he was playing for the Marlies, but he's one of those players that Lenny was talking about where he grew up with him in Long Island or in the New Jersey area, Long Island area, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those players that he, he signed with Carolina 
and I think he'll do great things. But I think with new, with uh, Toronto, he didn't really fit just because they have so many good forwards, and it's tough yeah. to to make a you lineup like, a waste like that. Of talent I, with him. Yeah, exactly. So I think he goes to Carolina and does great things, and might get more ice time in the show. But I mean, Toronto right now they're looking at a team like Tampa Bay and saying like, wow, they're winning with guys like Maru- Pat Maroon in their lineup, and like. They, do they have more talent? Do we do? They're definitely up there, very similar to teams where they have so much talent. But I think it's one of those things where Tampa Bay got up, out of the hump. I agree. Because I they agree. got those depth players and those veteran presence in the locker room to help them get to that next level. Because Toronto's depth. in that same same that same that uh, place right now where they have an unbelievable uh roster on paper but then they got they don't have the the veteran presence in the locker room i mean they that have all these young, young talent that young core that, that that really doesn't have that veteran leadership and i think by adding uh simmons uh in addition to uh extending spezza's contract and then picking mm-hmm. up probation as well uh, i re- and and even travis boyd i think that's going to really get them to the next level get them past the first round and i, I could see them being a true contender this year just uh, just based off the fact that they have that young core, and now they have that veteran, veteran capability as well. Yeah, you got a couple coaches in that locker room that aren't even a coach now. So, yep. I mean, just the voices that are going to be in that locker room, it's going to be fun to watch them. I mean, they, just, they just got a new assistant coach, Manny Malholtra, as well as um, Paul McLean. They, he, they are just named uh, their head coaches. Well, not just. Wasn't he, he um, coaching? Was he coaching Winnipeg? Manny Malholtra or no, Paul McLean? Paul, Paul, Paul McLean. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but either way, I know he's a very capable coach, and so is Manny Malholtra. He played in the league. Um, yeah. I think that, uh, I think that he's going to be a really good addition to that coaching roster for sure. But, yeah. I mean, Toronto, definitely a team to watch out for for sure. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to see once that new season starts. <clears throat> and now – in the in the more recent days, boys, I mean, NHL 2020, uh, 2021 has been released. Um, I, I think that's a big part that we need to talk about just because everybody's been waiting for it. Uh, they, they tried to do something very similar with the career mode that uh, NBA 2K does. Um, I know I know I've played it. Sam's played it. I'm not sure if you've played it, Dylan, but uh, Sam, we can kick it to you just so we can kind of get an understanding of how it is. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like you said, it's it's a great way to promote the game and just see that player standpoint mm-hmm. more that uh, that can compare to 2K because um, previous games you didn't really see where you started in junior. You didn't have that option to go overseas and stuff like that. So in this year's game, you have the opportunity to be put in a, a setting in Europe and work your way up to the NHL. And I think it's so cool where it's, it's changed from previous games where we can start in, uh, in Sweden and work our way up and get uh, drafted to the show after that. And then once you're in the show, they give you um, a pretty much a glimpse of what it is to make proper finances, whether it be buy a house or a apartment or um, a car. Like literally it's in the game. I, everything you think, about oh if i made that much money what would i spend it on it's literally in the video really? game and like you're basic yeah it's you're it's literally opportunity to really live the life, bro like it's sick. did you exactly. guys play, you guys played this 
Yeah. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, We've been addicted to it this last couple days. Already? Yeah, it came out the sixteenth. Sorry, fellas. What? That's yeah, sick, dude. And, and the fact of the matter is, I played NHL twenty as well, and I mean the 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 difference in the skating from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, it's just so much smoother. Like you can legitimately, it, it's like you're skating. Like it, it, it's not one of this robot-y type deal. Like it, it's it's like a legitimate stride. It's nice. It's smooth. Like I just think it's a really great game, and I feel like if people really want to understand like what it's like to be a pro. And you get to gain the the liking of your management team. You get to gain uh, liking from the media. Um, you get the gain from your teammates. And then, like Sam was mentioning, it's it's kind of a it's a you, you get to live the life. Like you can you get salary now. You get to make decisions on what you spend it on. You can buy cars. You can buy houses. You could buy clothes. You can buy a, a stockbroker. Like it just depends on that sort of stuff. And it's it's really cool just because not a lot of people understand like oh i have this much money now i can buy x y and z you know now they actually get to live it That's exactly crazy. i didn't realize that yeah it's crazy cool. you're right it's it because we never think about oh how do hockey players make money off the ice and it's we get a little glimpse of what these players do it's there's outside marketing campaigns they do with different companies they do sponsorships and you can see just seeing this game, like there's a, an option T was saying that you can get a diversified portfolio. This is a video game. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable to make, to even like grasp that they thought of that. And just, it's just really cool. Cause young kids coming up, this whole podcast is about like teaching kids uh, um, how to move up in, in hockey and how to get those steps and getting uh, exposure. And it's cool that this video game is basically doing that exact same thing virtually and seeing these letting these kids see it firsthand yeah i mean if it's going to be your kids playing video games you'd rather it be exactly an educational yeah. point you know so kudos to nhl i've always been saying they should kind of make it into what 2k did with the park just uh expand the game it, it grows popularity and the players become more it's just an entertainment thing so the nhl has always been kind of like a by the books you know what i mean so mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think they were lacking because yeah. the NBA they're I think they have no rules regarding reposting clips. Yeah. NHL, it's more strict. Right. The same as the MLB where only a certain amount of people can have the, um, the rights to mm -hmm. distribute videos. But mm -hmm. I think if NHL expands and lets their fans, uh, release content and just, um, be more uh, open to letting them promote their own content. I think that would grow the game just because hockey right now, as much as we love it, it's, uh, it's pretty much a diamond in the rough in terms of uh, uh, viewership compared to like, these bigger sports. And I'm just thinking there's so much potential. I, I just think uh, it's a matter of uh, putting the right uh, pieces together and getting that game exposure because we'll talk about the nba uh, and uh the best bench player on a team might make 12 million bucks yeah the highest played player in nhl makes 12 million bucks so right. it's just one of those things where we're right there we just have to um do the right things to get the game uh to more people and more families yeah definitely that's that's a really good point with the money talk on the bench i mean adam silver's done a huge job with the nba exactly he's he's done a tremendous job yeah he, he got all those guys paid and it starts with giving those guys their own platform 
just to, so guys can see they're not just robots that are perfect at everything you know so they're, they're just they connect more with the fans i think and um well, you see great. guys like alex killhorn are doing doc talk like yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff people want they want to see an inside view right. of the nhl they want to see yeah. their their favorite players be like you said not be robots and be human beings yeah, so right. i think it's a huge thing Underneath it'll be a big step for the nhl Underneath all that superstardom, dude, these guys are real people. Like, they're just like you and exactly. I. They're just making millions of dollars. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's just <laughs> really like you go from a but, kid. I mean, like you said, like you guys were mentioning, I mean, Silver with the NBA and then Batman with the uh, NHL. I think that these two both did an outstanding job in terms of getting their seasons back up and running. Like, the NHL went perfect. Um, I mean, there was, uh, from what I've, I've read, there were no positive corona tests. Um, in, in the entire time that the NHL play-in games as well as the playoffs are going on. And I believe it's the same for the NBA as well. So, I mean, with, with that being said, I mean, th what I've been reading is that the, the uh, NHL is going to be doing kind of a, uh, a four-bubble system, uh, as you can say, uh, and, and they're going to – or, or si sorry, six-bubble system where they're going to have – uh, different, the new NHL divisions. The new NHL divisions, exactly. And I think uh, I don't know if you've heard about this deal at all. Have you uh, Have you heard anything about this? Yeah, for sure. I think it's an awesome idea, and I think it's something where, when we're as a as a whole a world in a tough situation, kind of finding a little fun and wiggle room, creating a new division where this is kind of fun for us to see how this is going to play out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think the NHL is is making great strides with the whole Corona thing and. It's just keeping it. You look at the NFL right now, and I mean, you got some stand, um, some arenas or football fields filled with, with fans, and the others are not. It's mm -hmm. if you're not on the same plan, it's never going to work out. So, yeah, you see all the well, the cool thing about it, TD. too. So, I mean, um, it kind of it kind of talks to that. There were no fans at the NBA or the NHL level. Zero positive tests. You yeah. Know, look at the NFL and look how many breakouts there have been. I think that Silver and Batman did an outstanding job. But that being said, like uh, we got to remember, football is a mm, sixty-man roster. So I think a lot of this has to do with uh, what those players are doing outside of the practice facility. If not, if if every guy is is following the rules, then you're going to have solid um, test results. You know what I mean? But if you got one guy that's, I'm going to go and see these people over here. You know what I mean? So it's just a lot more people in that locker room, and they're not all in a bubble. They're all going home to their separate families for the most part. So, well, to get off topic a little bit, I'm sorry. Yeah, we about did. This, no, no, yeah. No, no. I, I'm saying I'm about to get off topic oh. by saying that that um, the cool thing about this new division system is that we'll see uh, matchups that we've never seen before in the NHL playoffs. Yeah, that's like you're talking about Jumbo, uh, Jumbo being in the in the NHL finals. He could very well be playing against the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals this year, yeah, just that because is very of this, true. Divi this new division thing. Yep. So it'd Imagine be nice that. to see, like, yeah, I'm saying that there's a Canadian division because there's gonna be uh, what is it, six Canadian teams in one division. They'll be competing um, seven, seven Canadian each other. That would seven be, yeah. Canadian teams, sorry. And it'll be but, Pacific Division, which is Anaheim, LA, SJ, uh, Arizona Knights, Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas. Then you go to Central, which is basically all the central states, uh, Chicago, Nashville, St. Louis, Detroit, Columbus, Carolina, Florida, as well as Tampa Bay. And then you have the Metro, 
which is definitely a, a powerhouse. Division. Yeah, that's gonna be that's probably the most competitive uh, division for sure. And it's, I'm just yeah, I'm just so the location too. It's just yeah, funny. Caps, Bruins, and Sabers. I mean, that is. Well, a, think about it. Such a hockey area, man. So, think think about what what teams do you think are gonna make it out of each division. Oh, that's it's so tough. That is that is a tough goal. I mean, you got Tampa, Dallas, Colorado, so Pacific. Let's run it up. Uh, I, I I believe it's going to be uh, Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, and honestly, it can be a toss up between Anaheim, LA, San Jose, and Minnesota. Well, how many? Yeah, so we, there's yeah, there's eight teams. So how does it work? Which it's not going to be working by conferences. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How many teams per 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 division would make it? I, four I teams per the division. Top four. The top four. Top I mean, four. Yeah, because if you think about okay. it, there's 16 teams in the playoffs, right? Yeah, so you're right. Four different divisions, so you go four from each one. So top I'm just thinking about for wild card position. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think there will be wild card positions anymore. That would make sense if they didn't do it this year, just because. I agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because it, it wouldn't make much sense to do so. Unless so you said. I think for for the Pacific Division, it's going to be Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, and toss up between Ducks, Kings, Sharks, and Wild. Yeah, you're right. I I'm thinking go, the I Ducks. I'm saying the Ducks. They've been making some moves on the off season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'd have to. I'd have yeah, to I would have said that. Ducks are Wild, but yeah, I mean Wild. It's just I don't. I don't know. They haven't really. They haven't yeah, really no. been. They've been lacking that luster, truly. So yeah. <laughs> like okay. That. So what's another division? We got the Canadian division. Um, you got Montreal. Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Dude, so I'm good. saying Montreal, Calgary, uh, Vancouver, and Edmonton. Yep. I oh, agree. and, and Toronto, uh, Toronto's too there too. Okay, I would take yep. out Calgary and put in uh, t- Toronto. I agree. So no I, I Winnipeg feel... either, huh? No. No, I, I, I'm I'm again. I they're trading away. Um, what's his name? Uh, Liney. So, I mean, those all those teams are solid. That's just kind of. I know that's a tough. I'm just thinking like. That's one of the. T- I'm thinking that's gonna be the toughest one. At Montreal, I love Montreal. I'm I'm very biased, but. With the signings they've made, I am so pumped for next season. Yeah. They they just signed to Foley to yeah. a great deal. I mean, it's going to be the steal. Yeah, it's going to be a steal of the – in five years from now, it's going to be a steal because they'll be still a stud. They'll be at his peak. But, I mean, he's a great player. They, they re-signed Gallagher, which is like the, the, the heart of the Montreal Canadiens. I'm just I'm just so pumped with their, their lineup looking now with Anderson and Toffoli. And they signed Jake Allen to be that one-two punch with uh, – Price. Not one two punch, but at least give him take a load a off his rest. back because a little rest. Yeah, because this guy is every night he's the he's supposed to be the one saving their asses. But now they got somebody that they actually can trust when Price is not playing. Say, okay, we have a chance to win because in previous years it was like, damn, Price is not playing. We got to play that much better. Yeah, we have to play twice as, be- as better. Yeah, Montreal's always stuck to that like solid one goalie because he's been around for so long, and it's it's just changing the, the one two punch like you said. So. I agree. Next is the Central Division, St. Louis, Nashville, Chicago, Detroit, Columbus, Carolina, Florida, Stanley Cup champs, Tampa Bay Lightning. Dill, what are your Holy cow. I mean, you got to say Tampa. <laughs> Tampa, right uh, yeah, right away. I, I honestly want to say Florida, too. Mm-hmm. I think they've made so many strides in the past couple seasons, dude. But yeah. I'm Tampa, saying St. Louis. St. Louis. Florida. St. Louis. St. Louis. Dude, I don't like. I really don't think St. Louis got any better losing Petrangelo hey, and getting Krug, but and I love Krug and all, but 
He, he doesn't. I don't think he matches up to Petrangelo, honestly. No, I mean, I think he's just a guy that's he's he's a great hockey player and yeah. he's gonna do good. But you just don't know with a guy like that how he's gonna play out of a out of a Boston town. Like he's in love with that city. We all knew that. You know what I mean? Yeah. What eight years there? Yeah. So you just don't know what you're going to get. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll let that play out first. But And then arguably the hardest division to pick, Pittsburgh, the Metro division, which is Pittsburgh, Philly, Rangers, Islanders, Devils, Caps, Bruins, and Sabres. Would not want to be in that one. Holy cow. I want to be in that whatsoever. It's just so early, too, to even predict. It's, it's yeah, probably the best hockey you'll see, though. I think that's that, gonna be the some of the best hockey we're gonna watch agree. all year. If anything, the Bruins got worse while everybody else got better. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking caps tough for you because you're a big bees fan, but I couldn't agree. They didn't really make any sizable sizable acquisitions or no. You just got worse with yeah. and Krug. Yeah, I agree. And, and who knows what's happening to Rask? The town wants him out. He won't. He says he's retiring if he doesn't. He's retiring if he gets traded. So. You just don't. Oh, so let's go down the line. Let's let's go one after one, and then see if they, they if we say yes or no. All right, Pittsburgh. Yes, I think yes. Like they they're have just, to. They're, they're, yeah. they're going to bounce back. You got Sidney Crosby, and Malkin. They, yeah, they will never. They can't go two seasons with bad seasons. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to. All right, and Philly. I think I think Philly has a good season too, man. Like they they made it far this year. They're ones that beat they're the ones that beat Montreal. Dude, I don't know. I think every single team in this division is if you go. Rangers are hands down. Yes, they're they gotta be in, right? After the way they play. I think, I think I think they're very good, but I think they're gonna be right outside. They'll be. I'm gonna good. say this might be a statement, but I'm saying no with Philly, and I'm saying yes with Rangers. All right. Wow. We got okay. Okay. So I'm out. I'm outnumbered. We'll just say we'll say New York. Yes. Philly. No. Islanders, dude. They had a hell of a run this past season. Mm-mm. I think Mm-mm. they didn't lose anyone. This uh, conference well, too packed, man. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. Uh, we'll I'll say no to Islanders. I don't think the Devils are anywhere near it, to be honest. And no, and the Devils are like toss up. They're done. Capitals. Capitals. I say think yes. Bruins. I don't think the Bruins make it out. Sabres, is no. no way. To Taylor Hall won't do shit. I'm gonna say yes back to the Bruins. No to the Sabres though. So we're going Pittsburgh Rangers. Are we going Capitals? Yes. Yes, I think Capitals Capital Bruins. Well. Capitals Bruins. Okay. My buddy's on ca- on the Capitals. He's gonna have a great year. Okay, yeah. Bruins. We gotta remember though. Like, we still do have that top line. So I know, but we're not I just, talking I don't like. Think- but is that enough to carry them though? That's the real thing. If there, if there, if there was a a wild card spot where a different team from a different division would be able to make it, I would say yes, they're definite. But yeah. at this point, no. If it's just the top four, I don't think so. Just because it's like you said, they didn't get better; they just got worse because right. they lost Krug, who's mm-hmm. arguably who's one a, of the best and he runs the in the power NHL. Play, so. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge part of your power play. You're losing and not getting anything back. Walking the line like Michael Jackson. Like Michael Jackson. It's simple. That's that's what it is. It's easy. It's easy yeah. for him, I should say. But, yeah, I don't know. The Bruins, it, it could be a toss-up. They are such a regular season team, though, where they just light up the scoreboard. The tempo's a lot different, though. Once you get into the playoffs, I mean, you see teams like Toronto adding these big dudes, so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They, definitely, they definitely are outmatched at the third and fourth line. I'll say that. So let's kick it back a little bit. Uh, Sam started talking a little bit about uh, Tyler Toffoli being signed by the Montreal Canadiens. He signed a four-year, $17 million deal worth four and a quarter million annually. 
I think it's a good pickup. Um, I mean, Toffoli did say his top priority was to resign with Vancouver, but hey, we all know that the league changes so quickly. Um, but like Sam said, I think it's a great addition, honestly. He's got yeah, this guy is an absolute stud. 155 assists since 525 games. Yeah, the, that kind of goal scorer you can't just find anywhere. And this is one of those pickups that Montreal needed. And I, so people give Mark Bergevin so much crap, and excluding myself, I thought he was doing a terrible job. And just with a signing like this, you just got to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe he knew what he he knows what he's doing. Like, what do I what do I freaking know? Like, you, you're looking at his at his his uh, signings. You're like, oh, Jake Allen. Like, what what is that? What are those? What's that trade? And you're just thinking, what is what's his his mastermind plan? What what is he thinking behind behind all that uh, trade talk? And you know what? He signs a guy like like Toffoli, and he just comes into lineup and makes the team so much better. Yeah, hundred percent. He and, and uh, this- so much depth. The one, um, like, stat, this guy just blows my mind. Like, throughout his career, his teams have always had a huge shot attempt when he's on the ice. They've always had a scoring chance advantage when he's on the ice, and that directly translates to goals. So, like you said, Sam, he's just going to jump in that lineup, like top six offensively guy, and it's huge signing for the money they put on him too. I agree. And, and <clears throat> I think he's going to be a good addition. And Montreal, again, another team, another Canadian team that there is to watch. They made some big moves, and uh, we'll have to see. I think they'll look like an old, older-time Canadians team, fast. Oh, now, I like you would be fun. Know, I know this is very near and dear. Getting, we talked about Krug being, uh, being traded to St. Louis, and uh, Tory Krug signed a seven-year deal worth $45.5 million in St. Louis. Uh, he's going to uh, replace Petrangelo with him. Um, what it, Dylan, let's kick it to you. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Tori and uh, his, his signing with St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, first off, I'm pretty sure Petrangelo got paid more than what the Blues gave Krug. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. I, I don't know. I just I think that the Blues wanted Petrangelo to stay overtaking Krug just by like reading through their comments and stuff on the trading. But I mean, like I said earlier, it's just, we're going to have to wait and see how he fits in that lineup. You know, he's, he can run a power play, you know, he can, he can um, quarterback that team. But Mm -hmm. I mean, they've always been a big bruiser team. So signing a guy like Tory Krug, where he's a smaller guy who can just be kind of a a spark plug on that ice could change their overall play of a game. But I don't know. We'll see. It hurts me more than it hurts me as a fan. So you were saying to... you were saying this uh, how Krug really wanted to be a um, <clears throat> a Boston guy, right? But I mean, the the Bruins' last offer to Krug was forty million over six years. I mean, it, realistically, yeah. if you want, what is one more year and five and a half more million dollars if you really want to stay? A, a, I mean, a, and then you potentially uh, get that extension too. I just think like, I think a six to seven year contract in hockey is so long for the amount of money these guys get. It's like, it's kind what of crazy. What are you going to do in seven years? Exactly. You know what you're going to do in seven years? That's what I mean. I have and no clue what I'm doing in seven years. Plus like, it's not like they're signing a seven year NFL contract where you're getting paid for your kids' kids to eat. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like in the NHL where it was like those three, four year contracts, whatever, but mm-hmm. You could tell Krug wanted to stay. I mean, the night before they they made it official, he was 
on the uh, Instagram story wearing his bees hat. So, yeah. I mean, another thing with that is like I feel like that kind of affects their locker room just because he is such a big part of that team, and those guys that's love them. That's what everybody on the team. That's what I mean. They, that's that. It's more than just a trading a guy in a business move. It's it's a it's a part of that locker room that's gonna You're losing your identity, mm-hmm, and it could really crumble that team. I know. As a player, like if I could try and put myself in that position, if I'm Pasternak, I'm pissed at my GM. I'm pissed at my GM. But it is business, and I don't know. It's, a t- it's tough. It's tough for the Bruins fans who who kind of fell in love with Krug. You know, I mean, um, best, well, be, either way, best of luck to him in St. Louis. I hope things fare well for him. And um, he, he he did say goodbye to Bruins in a very top top tier way and just thank them for everything over the past what eight years now and yeah um, yeah you can't say something bad about that guy exactly well thanks boys that was that was a that was a good nhl talk and now i'm gonna go ahead and kick it over to sam uh so he can introduce our next interviewer thanks matt good a little more enthusiasm this time okay sam come on (laughs) well that's the thing you want to do it because i'm you're you'd be giving me shit so just I don't go. know him that well. Once I know someone, I'll fucking do it. Fuck, I gotta make it. I gotta make it look like my badge made in the background, dude. Get- <laughs> there you go. That looks like it's made. That looks. That looks nice. That looks good. <coughs> you look like a well put together young man now. Uh, I appreciate it. So it's Angelos Tavales, right? No. <laughs> Angelos. Yeah. Salfis. Salfis. That, that's why I just. Yeah, he said it right. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm going to say Andrews, Salfis. okay? Salfis. 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 Okay. The T is silent. No, no. The T and the S are not. The T isn't silent. It goes Salfis. This is Salfis. perfect content. Just so we know, we're putting this on the pod. This is oh, fucking gosh. awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nobody All right, can get it right. All right. All right. Yeah, we're welcome we on my friend Angelos Salafis yeah, to the so pod. Uh, he played for the Burlington Cougars and the CC and the OJHL. He played for Brockville Braves in the CC. Uh, and now he's spending time in UNLV in Las Vegas, Sin City, baby. Welcome yeah. to the pod, brother. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Good to have you, Angelo. Uh, Angelos, Jesus, Angelo, my God, Angelos. Well, man, it's good to have you, and we're just gonna we're gonna get into we're right into it today. Um, well, just take us through your your junior hockey experience. How is it playing in the OJ and the CCHL? Uh, kind of go through some differences in the league, and and what what about the leagues did you enjoy most, if if anything? And you can kind of go into what you didn't like the most. Okay. Um... I'm going to try, obviously, to be as uh, civil as possible. But uh, <laughs> um, So, yeah, my, uh, my junior path career was – it was pretty rocky, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I'll just talk about my last year. Um, I played – obviously, I ended up in uh, Burlington. Um, I think the OJs, it's a good league. Uh, league of I choice. Think since, I think ever since, though, so they put the – they put like the cage mandate and the oh, yeah. mandate and the fishbowl. It just it just changed the game a bit. I found mm-hmm. uh, when you went when I went to the CC, it was like a bit different hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, OJ is 
there's obviously a lot of younger kids, a lot of like 16 year olds. Um, there's a lot of teams in the OJ and they're both really good leagues though. Um, but the one thing about the OJ is that a lot of the teams are owned by dads. Yep. And yep. I, you learned I that real quick in Burlington. I ended up on one. Um, so I was one of the not, I was one of the only kids that wasn't from Toronto on that team. Cause, uh, the OJ, the, obviously the Toronto system is great. They, the kids are able to stay there their whole time. Um, so a lot of it is filled with local kids. And I wasn't a local kid. So I got there. Um, and I had my own billet. I was staying with my mom's friend's friend. Um, and anyways, I started out there, I was playing and I think I had like, I think I had like eight points in 13 games or something, but elite prospect says I only have two goals. Um, so when I got traded to Brockville, I, I checked my points and I was like, where'd my points go? Where'd my assists go? They're the worst. My, They're the absolute it worst. My, it gave my assist to the vice president's son of the team. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Now, does this kid not rack up like 20 points on the year? Like doesn't even play hockey anymore. Quit after his like 16 year old year. And I'm, I'm, I go play in Brockville now. I have two goals and two points in 13 games or something. And I'm, I'm looking at this, like, how's this even possible? But then I see this kid's points tally miraculously jumps up. So he got all my points. Uh, and that was the thing with that league was it's, it's a really good league, but you know, <clears throat> there's times where the teams are actually owned by dads a lot of the time. And like, they literally buy the team for their kids and their, their friends. And there's gotta be something done by hockey Canada or something to yeah, like, it's a joke. So who was your coach it. in Burlington? Cause I don't know if you had the same coach as me. So, so my first, so the year before I got there, it was, uh, it was a coach you had, Sammy. Juris. Juris. I love him. And they, they fired Juris. Like, because I, I, wouldn't put, they wouldn't put the vice president's son on the team. Yeah, And exactly. fired these guys from a local prep school, um, a local Burlington prep school called Blythe. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they hired all the guys from Blythe, and it was all Blythe kids. And then they fired all of them. And then Juris comes back, obviously, because he's a hell of a coach. An unbelievable year. coach. Like, I was there yeah. for such a short time, but, like, he was such a beauty. Like, he had so much knowledge about the game and just, like, oh, I soak everything in, he told me. Like, he was a great coach. Yeah. Even Kirby was a nice guy, too. So, you fire, you fire coach of the year, I think you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fire the coach of the year. I'm telling yeah. you, T, T, when I played there, so it was the same kind of situation where – uh, one of the players on the team who wasn't very that good, I'm not going to name any names because out of respect, um, the coach would tell me like, Sam, like, I know you're 20 year old, but like, I'm getting pressure from the higher ups not to, not to play this kid instead of you. Like, I know you're 20 year old. He's like, listen, I'm gonna try to move you around. He tried to move me to the MHL in the Maritimes. He's like, I want you to play as much as you can. He's like, listen, if not, I can send you to junior B, you'll get paid money under the table. Uh, you'll, you know what I'm saying? I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that kind of thing. But like, he was like, you play in junior B, you'll make a couple of bucks. You'll play in a good team, make win a championship. I'm like, listen, like I want to try to play division one hockey. Like I want to, I want to play NCAA hockey. I want to move up to the next level. He was a great guy in trying to accommodate me in that those regards. But it's just like 
how can you fire a guy because he doesn't play your, your son? Like your son shouldn't be playing at that level. Like you're just yeah. destroying, you're destroying the integrity of that league. If you're getting that, like it, and there's I mean, so much politics that, that brings, go in the hockey. Just so annoying. That kind of brings us back to uh, what was it? A couple, a couple episodes ago, where we were talking about where's the integrity of the game gone. I mean, the fact of the matter is like, there are people now who, like you said, Angelos, it, that their parents are buying teams just so their kids can play. And it, when in reality, they don't deserve to be a part of that team anymore. And, and, it, and it's, it, it plays to the fact that everyone now in today's time gets a participation trophy, which is ridiculous. Uh, I, I think if, if you're able to play at the next level, great, awesome, do it. But don't have your father go out and buy you a fucking team just so you can play on the team and feel well, good listen, about yourself. Well, listen, he even said it. He's like, the guy's not even playing hockey anymore because when you to the next level, they don't give a fuck about who your father is. They're not. They keep for one year. Exactly. He so it's just sixteen year old year, and he was done. Yeah, it's and, uh, pathetic. You see it everywhere, so, you know, unfortunately. So, Angelus, to go to go back to the, the the comment you made about the bubble cage rule. So the OJ used to be a half shield league, right? Yeah. So, so how you said that the league kind of changed after the implementation of the bubble in the cage. So, yeah. what uh, what did that kind of look like? Just because I, I, for my opinion, I think that once you add a cage and a bubble, people start leading with their heads a lot more during hits. They're a lot more they're a lot more aggressive than they will, than they would be if they less had a cautious. Yeah, it yeah. was just um, I don't know. I, I felt like I felt like when I played in the CC, it was like. I don't know. The hockey, the speed was like the same. I just, it, it was just a more of a man's league. I don't know. I, that's what I found. It was mm-hmm. like more, There's more fighting. of a man's league. Yeah, it, it was a really aggressive. Oh, my God, Sam. You just reminded me. The stupid rules in the OJ, dude. Oh, my. Okay. L- let me just let me just g- tell you guys my, my junior path, how I went, because this reminds me of a freaking funny story. Okay. Yeah, go so, ahead. Give it to us. Tell all the podcasters about, yeah. like, juniors. First of all, you need to go where you're going to play the most. You need to go to the highest level possible you can play at. And you need to go to someone that you trust that's going to vouch for you. I know it's really hard, but you got to find that one person. So, um, when coming out of prep school, I, I won't even name names right now because, like, I, don't, I just don't want to shit on teams. So, I signed with Team A. And then – uh, I played in I played in the pre-draft or I played in Chowder Cup. Signed I signed out of prep school. Um, I had an advisor at the time. Shout out Dan Destoli, great guy. <laughs> That's uh, a guy I had too as well. Um, oh he, he just he just he's just a guy for the for the people. Um, yeah. So I signed in uh, I signed in uh, Richmond Generals, and then after Richmond, uh, when I signed there, I went to the Chowder Cup. And uh, uh, one of the guys from the BCHL really liked me, uh, like, a lot. Um, and there was also one of the teams on the bench with me, uh, New Hampshire Junior Monarchs, mm-hmm. uh, really, really liked me. And uh, he was like, I want you to come sign with us. And I was like, well, I can't. Like, I, I'm already committed to a contract. He was like, oh, we're the Monarchs. We could do anything. Okay. So... I have like five people call my phone, like go sign with the Monarchs, go put the Monarchs. So I do that. I break the contract. I go sign with the Monarchs. Um, and then all of a sudden I go to training camp 
And like, I did so freaking well. I go into the exit interview and the guy looks at me and he goes, yeah, this isn't going to be an easy chat to have. Like what? You just pull, you just, you just pulled me out of a contract two weeks ago, told me to come here. And at the time I was talking to like, uh, I had like some light division one interest, but I was really talking to the NASCAC schools. And like, I called a couple of them and I said, Hey, I'm going to go play for the Monarchs. Like, yeah, that's perfect. And, uh, the guy looks at me in the eye and says like, uh, uh, he's like, yeah, like it's not going to work out here. And I look at the guy that recruited me, which was like the assistant coach. And this is why that, that like organization is like so shady. Like they have like their top team and their bottom team, whatever. Yeah. He looked at me and he's like, uh, yeah. Uh, I was like, I look at the coach and I was like, yeah, I'm going to call you on the phone and we could talk about this. So I call him on the phone. The guy that recruited me is head of recruiting. And I go, I don't understand, like, what went wrong. He was like, you know, you have a lot of deficiencies in your game. I was like, I have the same deficiencies in my game that you saw two weeks ago yeah. to today. I, I didn't miraculously change my game within two weeks. Yeah. So, literally, I look at the, the strength and conditioning coach, all the players. I was like, yeah, boys, like, like they literally cut me. And then they were yeah. like, ha, 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 like. You're so funny. We'll see them on practice. Nobody believed me. And I literally just like, I just picked up my stuff and I left. And thankfully, like the Richmond generals coach, like he took me back. Yeah. Which was really nice of him. And I, I, I played the year there and then, uh, entering my 20 year old year. Um, I, I wanted to play. I played in the USPHL, uh, the Southern, the Southern league, which, to me, like really good hockey, they could smoke like these NCDC teams, but yeah. USPHL wants to keep everything East Coast and they don't want to put the Southern teams in, even though they're going to smoke them because it's a money thing. So I ended up going, I ended up signing um, Cornwall Colts in the CCHL. I signed in like in March. <laughs> and uh, I, I ended up going there and I went to camp and uh, they had nine 20 year olds. And I ended up getting the boot, even though I signed so early. And I literally put down every single OJHL team in my phone. I called, I literally texted all of them, emailed all of them. And Georgetown Raiders. Uh, They're sick. Me. They were at the time number two in Canada. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the reason why the Monarchs got rid of me is because they got a Russian guy the next day. And there's a two-man import rule. Um, oh, because you're Canadian. Kid, oh. Yeah, and that Russian kid ended up being garbage. The agent, like, sold them. Like, oh, my gosh. And, like, pumped up his tires, but he was dust. So they got rid of him. Oh, yeah. So tough, and, and they had to make up some bullshit excuse to you yeah, to make yeah. you seem like oh, they tell you? it was they justified. Could, they said you have too many deficiencies, as they yeah, said. Too, it, many, too many deficiencies. And then he brought up my past. He was, like – he brought up something about like how when I went to gunnery, like, and I wasn't playing, like he literally was jabbing me in the stomach, man. And I was like, Hey, like, I, I know, I know the type of player that I am and I know like what I showed you. So I'm not gonna, you know, uh, but you bash my you, name. But, yeah. Even, so even the players after, were like, ha, we'll see you at practice. Like they, were, thought, they all thought I was joking. Every yeah. single, even the trainers, like everybody thought I was joking. And I was like, no, like I'm serious. They come in. They're like, you're kidding me. I'm like, nah. And like, I had signed an apartment with a lease. I had just signed oh. a, a contract 
to get like all this furniture like it's it's such a big you know disregard for the players yeah and they don't care they 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 look they say that they care these people like it's it's a money making process yeah, yeah they send you to college and everything all these teams but like you need to find the right place to play um so i i signed in cornwall then for my 20 year old year and uh i had a gut feeling i was i was getting cut like we were eight 20 year olds like or not I, no we were eight we weren't nine we were eight 20 year olds i was like man like this this isn't good like so uh that reminds me sammy now we played a game in trenton and it was an exhibition game and <laughs> i was the only 20 year old playing with that the second the corner got split into two two teams oh you for those, the, the tryouts the actual one and the second one was all the younger kids. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to get axed. Yep. Uh, I'm going to get traded. And um, we get to Trenton. And the coach is, like, telling us before the game, he was like, you know, like, the OJ has, like, these stupid rules. So have your chin strap done up. Don't touch the, don't touch the red line. All this stuff. <laughs> in the OJ, you can't touch the red line in warm-ups. Your nope. chin strap has to be done in warm-ups. Um, if a puck flies out in the stands and warm-ups, like, it's all misconducts. So you're in the box for 10 minutes. Yeah. Stupid. So, stupid. so if you ring the pipe and the puck flies out of bounds, you're, you're in the box for 10 minutes. Yeah. You could be in the box for 10 minutes if it, go, if it, doesn't, go onto the, if it doesn't go into the netting. Yeah. So, oh my. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a 20-year-old. I'm a 20-year-old, and um, – I, I went to I went to skate with Cornwall in May. It was like a, it was like a camp for all the sign guys, and like I, I tore it up and I did well, and I was I had so much confidence going in. So we go to that exhibition game now in August, and I'm like, crap, man, like this is it. Like I'm probably gonna get dished after this. Like I, I really gotta show well. Mm -hmm. Do we not get back to the room? And the coach looks at me and says, "You're starting the game out on the box." Apparently, I touched the red line, but I never touched it. So, Trenton just threw me in the box. Oh, my oh gosh. What a fucking God. So, I'm already shitting myself now. Yeah, you're, I'm like, you're already thinking I'm getting cut. And then that's, 10 minutes down, dude. I'm like, this, is, this can't get any worse, dude. This can't get any worse. So, we literally, um, we literally we lost because we literally had a, a team of 15-year-olds. And... Uh, I literally uh, – we went back to Cornwall, and I just drove home, dude. And I went back to practice the next day, and the coach, like, brings me in, like, a couple of days later. He's like, he's like, do you really think, like, it's worth me keeping you here? And I was like, okay, here's the chat, whatever. So I ended up moving myself. I got, I got, the, I got the call to Georgetown, second mm -hmm. in Canada at the time. And uh, they were like, come out for a skate. And, um, you know – before I had signed with Cornwall, I actually skated with Trenton in uh, in March, and I met a, a guy on the team who went to Shattuck, and he played for Georgetown. So that guy is who the coach asked about this one kid when I called. So that was like my end connection. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he knew who I was, and it's my buddy, you know, Andrew. Um, so I go to Georgetown and he was like, he was really impressed. He was like, uh, he's like, yeah, you probably need to go, go home, like go get your stuff and come back. And at the time, 
um, in the OJ, I think the rules are still the same. If you get a guy from the OHL, it counts as two 20-year-old spots. Yeah. So before I left, he was like, hey, just to tell you, like, there's a chance we might get a guy from the OHL, but, like, you know, go home, get your stuff, and come back. So I go home, I get my stuff, I call the guy, and he's like, yo, I'm on my way, I'm coming back. I get there. We have a practice, and then we have a game the next day. We get a guy from the Barry Colts. They signed the fucking 20-year-old. They signed the 20 from the OHL, so two 20-year-old spots. So I'm marinating there now. I'm marinating in Georgetown. We, we play, we lost. Then we go to the next game, and we lost. And he pulls me aside, and he was like, I really don't want to lose you. Like, you're a hell of a player. He was like, think big picture. Think RBC Cup, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I will. And he was like, um, I'm going to have to make room for you. Whether, like, I can't – he's like, I can't cut anybody because we, like, they, they, they had them, like, PDFs for teams. So, like, yeah. they spent money, you know? Yeah, exactly. So then after that, I was like, so then after that, I was like, hey, like, no problem. He was like, look, if you want to go to any other team in the OJ, like, let me know. I can move you, but, like, I don't want to lose you. Because the showcase, the OJHL showcase was a week later. Yeah. And I needed I needed to play in it Yeah, because so the bad. scouts are all there, dude. Like, NHL scouts are there, man. It's in Buffalo. It's huge. Yeah. They're all there. I, I, I have a funny story afterwards about this. So, so, um, so I get, uh, like – the days go by and couldn't make any room. So I'm literally standing next to a coach that I'm I like that I'm talking to, like a college, but he can't watch me play. Dude, I was in the exact same position as you just like literally the exact yeah, same you thing. Sounds to me like your whole junior hockey career, you just got fucking shot. Well, dude, shot. we I'm were in similar. Dis- <sighs> yeah, dude, I was in similar situation. So, I was at the OJHL uh, showcase in Buffalo. And uh, like I told you, the situation with Burlington, it's, it's tough. Juris had to do what he was told to do. But he, in that, he was really good in what he could do in those regards. And like he would he'd come up to me, he's like, Sam, give me your five lists of Division One schools you want to go to and your five lists of Division Three schools you want to go to. He's like, I'm going to get you one of those schools. So I'm like, shit, yeah. So I'm sending emails left and right on top of that. So I, I'm talking to Cornell. I send them an email. They're like, Oh, perfect. We'll come watch you at the OJHL showcase. I'm literally, I'm not kidding you. I'm literally behind, like, the sc- scouts are behind me and I'm in front of them, right? So I, I hear, I hear uh, a scout. When I'm getting, I obviously, I get scratched that game, right? So I'm, like, rattled. I'm like, fuck. This. Obviously, you had to play the kid who, whose dad's, like, I don't know, owner of the team or affiliated yeah, to the, the owner team. some way, shape, or form. So they have to play him when there's scouts and on, on – in play right so i just hear one scout says looks at his boards like uh, where's number uh where's number 27 uh samuel gagnon where's where that guy is he, is he playing i'm supposed to be watching him today i'm literally sitting right in front of him i'm like oh my gosh fuck you i'm like i was so rattled this guy travels to not only see me but see other players but the guy's literally i can hear him say where's number 27 and i'm like i'm fucking in the stands next to him in a suit i'm like like wow, I was like that. So after that, I was so rattled. I ended up uh, going to <laughs> to Valleyfield, Libre de Valleyfield, in the in the in the junior in, in Quebec, and they paid two grand to have me. And the same thing as you, uh, Angelo. So guy came down from the queue. They're like, "Yeah, we can't keep you." They paid two grand to have me. Didn't play a single game. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, and like my I, I, like. 
like you said, Matt, like I, 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 yeah, I got, I've been getting shafted like my whole junior career. I got, I got shafted even from midget, like from midget to now. And I yep. think, I think, I think the biggest thing for me and like the thing that I would share people is like, you know, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Like, I'm surprised you got that Jersey hanging. Which one? The Which one, one on the, on your left. Oh, the, the, the lions. <laughs> you just said midget. So I'm thinking like, yeah. there's no bigger, uh, my, my, my nearest, my nearest <laughs> yeah, over yeah. my mask. My mask, check, so I can <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and and it, it just kept going. Like I literally, um, so like the the whole Burlington thing now. How I ended up there is uh, the Georgetown guy finally was like, "Hey, we're getting another twenty year old. Like it's not going to work here." They got a guy from Erie Otters, won um, cool. the OHL Cup last year, goalie. Went to Pittsburgh Penguins camp. Like, yeah, okay. Was, you can understand that. Oh, God. This, this guy was a real deal, man. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, all right. He was like, here, I'll give you, like, two options. You want to go – It was, I think it was between Mississauga. Do you want to go Mississauga or do you want to go Burlington? And I was like, I'll go to Burlington because I was living in Oakville at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll go to Burlington. So I go to Burlington. First day, the captain looks at me and he goes – dude, don't sign here. Like, leave while you can. Like, I'm getting out of here. This is horrible. He what? played for Juris. He played for Juris last year, okay? So I was like – So he, he likes Juris, right? Yeah, he loves Juris. Yeah. And he, he didn't like these guys. There was one – we had an assistant coach, though, who should have been the head coach. A great guy. I can't remember his name right now. Talking about Kirby? No, no, no. Um, I can't remember his name, but I got there. I got on the ice and I, I freaking tore it up. Like it was like, I was literally sniping the goal, like Swiss cheese. And the guy, the guy looks at me and he goes, yeah, like, uh, we're going to sign you to a junior A card. I just got to release someone, whatever. So they release someone. And, uh, I go into my first game and I've done so much driving in the car and like, I've been so much emotional pain. My lower back is having spasms. Oh my lord! So I I was playing through that, and uh, first game OJHL scored not a big deal. North York oh. Rangers, we lost. We lost the game. Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, we will leave that part out of it. Yeah. Um, so w- whatever. Like I, I'm 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 getting treated. I'm feeling good, and uh, like this guy, like he just ended up like shafting me. Like I remember. Uh, um, I went to go. I went. I went. With, I went to go get treated on my back because I was having bad spabs. Who was your uh, the, the athletic trainer there? Because when I had him, bro, I don't know if it was the same guy, but I literally went an hour before every game. This guy would give me a back massage before every game. Well, I don't. Even, I think we had a we had a woman. Oh, I never mind. Name, yeah, I think our guy was. Uh, his name was Adam. I don't know. He's. He I went to go see. An, I went to go see an osteopath, and like. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's yeah, and sometimes when you get treatments, like you're really freaking like lazy and stuff. So I should have free healthcare. Practice. Yeah, so I go to I go to I go to I go to practice that same day, and like I don't know what I did. Like he, he this guy had the weirdest systems. It was like he wanted he wanted the second oh man he wanted the far guy to like stay wide and you hit him high instead of him like coming up like closer. You were practicing hitting. I, no, 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 no. 
So like, imagine like you're doing a zone entry, right? The okay. left guy goes in, he wanted, he wanted the, the closest guy to the puck, obviously to drive the net. Yeah. And then he wanted the guy, the third guy to stay wide and kind of like curl not, in a bit in the middle. Not be a trailer or? No, it was the weirdest trailer ever. He wanted him to stay wide. Anyways, I guess I didn't do it once. This guy lost his marbles on me and like just freaking put me right away to the fourth line. Oh, and then we play. Oh, this is funny. We play the next day, uh, junior Canadians. And we're like, we're losing like 3-1. I thought he was going to scratch me because like, um, like, I don't know, man. You just seemed pissed died. off. He, and... he didn't curl right, so he fucking yeah. he thought you were getting jammed. I didn't hit the trailer right, you know? So anyways, <laughs> I get to the rink. I'm playing. I'm on the fourth line. I'm playing. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I've, I've barely eaten all day. Like, I wasn't expecting to play. Yeah. I go to the freaking uh, concession stand and grab a coffee and, like, a granola bar. And I was, at the time, the OJHL was sponsored by Cliff Bar. So I just started munching Cliff Bars before the game. <laughs> Not even joking you, it was like the second period, we're losing like three nothing. And um, I think I've had like three shifts. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, whatever. Puts me on the next shift. Do I not freaking snipe the goalie? <laughs> Let's three, go. Three one. And this guy's putting me on every single shift after this, right? <laughs> try to get the, try to, cause I like, I literally got the boys going. So then after that, like, every excuse in junior is when a team is doing bad that like you're going in a rebuild mode you're going in rebuild mode this guy's job was on the line bro because like we were losing so many games so mm -hmm. i looked at him and i was like man like I'm, i'll be better use on like a, on a higher line than playing on the fourth line right now so whatever he didn't really like me to be honest um and uh i ended up i ended up having eight points in 13 games there and uh I needed I was I was on the trading block. He put me on the wire. I found this out I was going on the wire. So it's like okay. Um so the options I had was to go to the SJ, was to go to uh uh Junior Millionaires. Before. The millionaires. Yeah. I don't Shut know up. where in the oh I don't know where the SJ. I don't know where I don't know where Saskatchewan. It was like Saskatchewan, like pretty much every league, and then the CC he goes uh Brockville Braves, like Brockville Braves, like what? I was like, no way. Anyways. It was too good to be right true. Yeah, it was way too good to be true because I literally went to Brockville camp um, April before mm -hmm. that year started and the owner offers me a contract for junior AAA. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. So when I was, I go to, I go to Brockville, amazing coach, the guys are beauties, but the owner and the coach, like two different agendas. So yeah. the owner, the owner brings me in and like, he shafted me. He literally shafted me. Like, Same. Shing, oh man, I don't even want to go get into this with this guy. Um, never trust him. Like shady guy um and and then i ended up like staying there and the rest is history I ended up at unlv but it was like 
it wasn't, wasn't a linear roller coaster of a junior. Yeah, just career. just to go, just it. Yeah, it's just an absolute fucking roller coaster. Well, hey, you, you landed somewhere. You love it. Do you love Vegas or what? Do you love UNLV or how's that? Yeah, going? I mean, uh, Sin City. Like, what's really it like good. living out there? What's it like living in Vegas? It's got to be sick. <laughs> no, Besides, I, it's 150 degrees every day. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I always want to go to like a small school. Um, I went to prep school and like, I just always liked that like small community. New England. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, I got, uh, first of all, uh, my buddy Jake Sachs goes here and he's been going here. Uh, I think he's entering his fifth year now. He, he did a fifth year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'd heard from it from him and I got in touch with the coach and like, they gave me the opportunity to come here. And I never had seen the school. I never had been to Vegas. I just knew they had like a good hockey team. I knew the school was also good academically, and I I saw the rank and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember I get on I get to school like I get on campus for my first time, and there's like thirty thousand kids here, and I'm like, holy crap, this school's huge. Yeah. yeah. And the gunnery city. was what five hundred kids max. Three eighty one or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went. I went to the Winchester school, so my, my 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 was two fifty. Oh god! It's like it's a complete shell shock when you go to a school with thirty thousand people. Shell, yeah, shell shock is right. Yeah. And I like get, holy shit, my class has a hundred kids. I'm used to having five. Dude, I went to Omaha. We had like five people in a class, and it was taught by my hockey coach. Like it was. I loved it though. It was the best. But you know what though? Um, you know. I had one class where it was like a hundred people and it was like my basic history class. The rest of the classes here, I've been like 20 kids, like small. No, it's pretty good. And, uh, the other thing I realized too, is that, you know, um, you know, we, all the sports teams, like they all like know each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even though I go to a school with 30,000 kids, like I remember I walked around, I was a freshman and like people were like, Hey, how's it going? Like, I was seeing people that like I knew like crazy like all the time and I was like holy crap like this may be 30,000 people but it's it's smaller than you think like everybody knows who you are you know who everybody is so it was crazy and to just go to school in Vegas it's like insane like it's probably a blast honestly especially because because Vegas is kind of slowly becoming that uh that hockey city you know uh and do you do you feel like moving or the creation of the Knights has really kind of uplifted the the amount of people that come to your guys' games? And have you guys been to any any Vegas games? Did you guys? Yeah. Know um. So the Vegas Golden Knights are actually like uh like a big supporter of the of the team and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so with them, um, we volunteer and like help out before the games. And then we're able to like watch the games after as like a repayment. Then like we get like a comp to meal. That's so a, that's so sick. Yeah. Sick. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, and like to be honest with you, it's it's just the nights helped hockey in Vegas like so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my freshman year again because um, that's obviously maybe the last time things are normal. Sophomore year last year was pretty normal too, and then COVID hit. Um, I was in a cab and like, I needed to get my laptop fixed 
and the nearest Mac store is in Caesar's Palace. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, I got to take an Uber to go to Caesar's Palace because I need to get my Mac fixed. Mm-hmm. I get in the car and this lady, like, I guess I was wearing maybe a UNLV hockey something, a shirt. I don't know what I was wearing. And she was like, oh, you play for UNLV? I was like, yeah. She was like, oh, my God. Like, I love you guys. She's <laughs> like, could I please take a photo with you after? So we get, we, I get out of the Uber, and she takes a photo with me. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, am I that big of a deal here? Like, I don't understand, <laughs> you know? So the people in Vegas love hockey. Like, it's so, so much. Is Vegas an officially is officially a hockey city? Like, I know we're both from Montreal. Yeah. Like, is it a hockey city now? Yeah. It, it definitely is a hockey city. Um, obviously, it's so new. Well, it's been around for a while. Hockey's been around in Vegas, but I think it hasn't had the spot like it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, people love it. A lot of people, like, are slowly learning the game and stuff. And then there's, like, you have people that don't really know much about hockey and a lot of people that know about hockey. But the, I think the common thing that they all have is that they just love watching it and, like, supporting and celebrating. Absolutely. And, do you think, uh, I mean, with the, with the recent acquisition of the Vegas Raiders and that death star of a stadium, do you think Vegas will stay more of a hockey town or do you think it will kind of transform into a football town? You know, that's a good question. I think, I think it's always going to be a hockey town. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the cool thing about Vegas is that, like, you know, now that we have the Raiders – I, I don't think it, I don't think it impacts anything. I don't think like, I don't think it's going to transform in a football town or veer away from a hockey town. I think they just embrace sports here mm-hmm. and they always, they always town. rally. Yeah. They just rally around the community. So if there's like a new hockey team, like they're going to rally around the hockey, like the Henderson Knights, right? The American yeah. league team, they just rally around everything. It's such a supportive community here, honestly. So I, I hear yeah. more and more people are moving from California to Las Vegas just because it's such an, uh, uh, it's so more, so much more appealing now that there's more sports and more things going yeah, on in the city. That's just not what that and gambling is legal in Vegas. Yeah. Well, all that comes <laughs> well, into play as well, but it's just like he said, it's, it's a, becoming a welcoming, welcoming city, not just for gambling and getting drunk uh, on your bachelor party. It's just, it's, it, it's becoming it's, more of a populated area, not just for, not just a travel destination. Like people yeah, are exactly. moving there to live because it's, it's growing. Vegas has always been large, but they've, they've always kind of lacked a little bit of something. And I think the addition of, uh, the hockey team and the football team has really kind of jolted them forward in terms of uh, being not just a travel destination anymore. It's like a sought after place to live. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, I think also like a lot of people like from my hair, like when I talk to people from California, they're like, yeah, like living in California is so expensive. And then like they come to Vegas and they're like, I could get, yeah. He's from California. Right from California? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, like, a house in California that's X amount of dollars is going to be, you know, even though there's very expensive areas in Vegas, just the cost of living here is so much cheaper that you Mm -hmm. can find – you can just have a better sustained lifestyle here than, like, in California. So, like, the apartment that I live in, like, it's 800 square feet, bro. It's a block from downtown and – uh, one that's smaller than this just sold for $500,000. Yeah. Like, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. It's insane. It, so. It's ridiculous. The fact that house of cost of living out here is just so expensive. And, 
And I think everyone is, is trying to get out as soon as they can, you know, but, um, yeah, Vegas is a cool place, man. I'm glad you're there. Based off of your everything that was just talked about junior hockey wise, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and kick it over to something lighter. We're we're gonna talk yeah. about uh, yeah I, I, something I, I, a positive something, something positive. positive. I mean, we're gonna we're just I know you kind of had a shitty junior career, but were were there any significant influencers in in kind of helping you get to UNLV, or were you kind of a self advocate that kind of uh, that kind of helped you? I mean. Where it, was it your parents? Was it a skill coach? What was it? Who who really got you to go to UNLV and yeah. and uh, just made you who you were as a player? Um, I think uh, I think obviously my parents are really supportive, mm-hmm. um, which was really good. I think like the advisor had up the time too. Um, he he knew like what I went through. Like he told me like I'm gonna tell this story for like years and years to tell kids what you went through, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think it was like my parents and just my friends, but I think it was just more importantly myself. Mm -hmm. I think like what a lot of people realize is you could have all the support in the world, but if you don't believe in yourself, then, you know, it's, it's useless because I could have had my parents believing in me, my advisor, my friends, but if I didn't believe in myself, if I didn't believe I could play at the next level, if I didn't believe I was a good player, then like I wouldn't be here. And, uh, I think like what Sammy said is like, yeah, you just have to be like hungry. You have to be proactive. Like you need to like send emails, you know, whenever you get a bite anywhere, like take advantage of it. Like there's, there's so many of my friends, like one of them, we were playing in uh, Burlington together. He goes on a visit to RPI and uh, next year he gets traded. He plays in, in uh, bricks bandits. And, uh, he, he had a good year, but he got injured. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the interest that he had, like from like RPI, like he wasn't talking to him as much anymore because he was getting interest from bigger schools. And then he got injured and like, you know, stuff like shit hit the fan pretty much. So you have to, you have to appreciate any single person that gives you interest and you got to maintain all your options. Cause you know, the option that you never want to go to might be the option that you go to and love. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that, that kind of plays to that point. Don't burn bridges. I get like the, the, the people now are kind of unrealistic when it comes to kind of how they are as a player. And I think the fact that you just said, like, just, just be a human and don't shut anything out before you know exactly where you're going to go. I mean, you just keep in contact with the, those coaches that show interest because it's going to show that you're always you're you're interested. Yes, they know you're talking to other schools, but realistically, you're going to keep in touch with all those people. And I think it's super important to do so because again, you get injured, something goes wrong. Those bigger schools they will shut you down in a heartbeat. Whereas the other coaches that you may not be as interested in going to their school, they will still be there for you. And they'll be like, okay, yeah, you got injured. Well, let's let's revisit this. Let's come back to this once you're better. And we're not going anywhere. Don't worry. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, how was your development during prep? I mean, Gunnery was was disgusting when I played against them. They they pumped us eight to one. So, how was it? How was the development there? Was it awesome or what? I mean, like, such a good spot to play hockey at. I mean, uh, I think we had twelve. Where is that? Uh, it's in, it's in Connecticut, Washington, Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it's like literally 
crazy hockey team. Like 12 D1 commits that year on that team. Um, the coach there, he's, he doesn't coach anymore, but he was like, he was really good. I remember I heard a story. I heard a story from like another guy that used to play there before me. And he was like, he like took a kid sick and broke it over the glass because he was like so mad. And like, He's such a good – it was just funny because he was our dean of students mm-hmm. at the time. Oh. And, like, we would see him as, like, a dean after and not our coach. So, like, this guy could be, like, you know, super mad at us, like, on the ice and, like, getting rattled. Just the and switch. Then, and then just flip a switch. Like, dean of students, like, hey, guys, how are you? I was like, <laughs> it's like, man. It's like that movie where uh, it's, like, the guy with the multiple personalities. Yeah. What's that movie called? Yeah, um, yeah, I know you're talking about. I know exactly. It's, yeah, it's all the there's always memes about it. It's like that wasn't me. That was Patricia. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was. Uh, it was really good experience, obviously, yeah. um, and I love. I love that school. Like it was literally an amazing school, and I think like prep school. I mean, everybody here went to prep school. I think like when you go to college, you're so much you're so ready for college because everything that you've done, like the free blocks, the, the, the study, the um, period study hall, yeah, everything. It's you go to college. It's the same thing. And it's you're so prepared. You're so I, prepared. I personally thought prep school was harder than college. <laughs> Just because you college was a joke. They were drilling into you everything that you needed to have for college so when you to make like, it harder, I took two gap years, right. To play junior. Yeah. So yeah. I took those two gap years, but those study habits of being a prep school don't just go away. No. Yeah. They're there. Like you just establish them a little differently. Like you're going to have times where you don't have class till noon. So what do you do? You, you kind of build your schedule. Like you could do your homework during then. So prep school, like really prepared you to be able to, manage your time a lot better than yeah who just goes to normal high school who has to go there from from eight to three every day uh versus prep school where it's just four classes a day it just depends as a freshman t i don't know it was the same for you but for me like as a freshman at westfield we had like study hall we had to go to was mandatory every day and like even my sophomore i was a mandatory for me but like i always had that habit of going after practice at four, going to the study study hall for four to six, get all my homework done. So I'd be set for the week. You know what I'm saying? Like I always well, had those habits. Chill. Once you get all your homework done for the week, then you exactly. get to get you're chilling. Like you get to, ha- you get to do whatever you need to do. Like, you yeah. Know, and then they're like, why do you have all this free time? It's like, bro, on Wednesday I did all my homework and now I'm all set. I don't have to go Sunday with a, hu- a hangover and do all my homework in 20 yeah. minutes. Absolutely. Well, this. this is everything I need to do for the week all time. Every single there time. you go. I write it out and I whoop, 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 whoop. look at oh, that. Preparedness. I love that. Yeah. Same thing. I need, I need a whiteboard to tell me. Yeah, like, jokes okay, on I gotta you do guys. This. I'm not in school. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in school going grad school. Oh man. Well, do. that's cool. Man. Prep school is awesome. I'm glad you had it. Yeah. I'm glad you had a great experience. Cause after listening to your junior experience, you needed something good. Uh, but uh, let, let's, let's kind of shift gear a little bit. Like I, I hear you're a DJ. I heard you played a concert in Vegas. Like walk us through how you, how you became a DJ. Like uh, what's it like performing at an actual concert? Cause everyone thinks, Hey, I could be a DJ. It's so easy, but I, I don't think it's Not that easy. easy. 
Sunnies <laughs> yeah. at all. So talk, walk us through that. Where did you play? Yeah. Like, how long was your set? Like, what, was everyone fired up that you were there? Like, talk, walk us through that. Yeah, so um, I've been DJing. I'm 23 now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been DJing since I was, I think, like 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into it. Honestly, I love, like, house music and EDM, all those type of genres. Yeah. And uh, I just I, – I loved I loved DJing. I think, Sam, you could even talk about, like, in Montreal, like, there was a big – we have a big, big, big EDM scene. and mm-hmm. uh, Oh, yeah. A lot of I, – I just want to get into DJing. So I started getting into it. And then uh, I got to Vegas, and I just, like, did, like, little gigs. Like, I did, like, a, I did, like, a St. Paddy's Day parade, like, stuff like that. And then, <laughs> and then after that, I was like, okay, hey, cool. Um, this guy asked me if I wanted to DJ this, like, huge party. And I was like, I was like, okay, like, cool, I'll do it. So I get in. I get in. It's like, we're in Vegas. And there's, like, probably, like, 50, I don't know, 1,500. There's probably 1,000 kids there. A thousand people are listening. This is pre-COVID, so don't get freaked out. Yeah, no, this is all pre-COVID. This is 2018, 2019. All right, so uh, everything was normal. Yeah, we're looking at May 2019. Simpler times. Yeah, huge, huge party. Like, like at least a thousand people. Like, there's like a huge pool. There's like the main house. There's like a pool house. Like, it was huge. The place was huge. So I get there. Do they not have like a sound guy already? And like they set speakers <laughs> and there's lights. And I'm like, holy, oh this is the real deal. This thing. is the real show. That's fucking so, shit. So I I go on there. We do like a little sound test. And like th- this is this is what's pretty funny. I was like only there was there was like this bigger DJ ahead of me with like a hundred thousand followers. Like um, I was supposed to be playing before him as like an opener. Mm-hmm. And it was such a big event that like there was an EDM room inside and then outside was like, just like hip hop music all by the pool. So I started, I started DJing, I started ripping. And like, the worst thing is, is when you're opening for someone and you need to warm up the crowd, wow. like it's so awkward because like you need to, you need to try to get them into it. Mm-hmm. So I started playing tunes and I go on the mic and I was like, yo, let's go. Let's, let's, let's all start going. Like I'm trying to get the crowd into it. And man, at one point, I mean, I'll literally pull up a video on my phone to, like, to show you guys. I dropped a remix of God's Plan. Um, and the whole place was literally like, was shaking up. Like it was crazy. Like I'll even show you this. Uh, it's hard to see. I'll put my brightness up, but that's sick, though. That's cool, man. It's just packed in there. Yeah, that Dude, looks like so much. Look at everyone oh going. Oh my gosh! That's sick. Oh my gosh! Lights and everything. Lights and every. And this is a college party, and I'm like, oh my <laughs> god! So it's like there's like a thousand people there. Um, and I, I ripped it up. And what happened was I had to, I, I was getting off uh, like the stage and I, I was so hot in there that I was sweating. Yeah, my, it's probably crazy. I was sweating my absolute tail off that there's so much sweat that got into my computer. It shut down. Oh, oh no. So I'm like, <laughs> and then so I'm like, oh, whatever. Th- this sucks. The next guy goes on who's supposed to be like the headliner. Everybody just walked outside because he was so bad. 
and goes <laughs> goes to the hip hop thing outside. And that's unbelievable. Way to go! Not come up to me and say like you're unreal, all this stuff. And I was just like, I just that's felt like right a man, honestly. You know, right like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh baby, that's, oh, that's unreal. I love that. So, so uh, who's your favorite EDM artist? I mean, I'm a huge EDM guy. Sam can tell you, I listen to them all the time. Oh, like, oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm more of a chill EDM type of guy, but I do like the hard stuff too. It just depends. Yeah. Um, I think my, I think my tastes have like shifted over the years. I like, I remember at the beginning I was like, uh, not that I'm not a big fan. So, but I like, I listened to like only like Hardwell and Tiesto and like, I loved like, I loved like that type of EDM. And then I got into like Fisher and like Medusa and like Carl Cox, like, Nice little like original house music. Yep. Um, I kind of like everything. I don't like hard style music. Um, where it's, where just it's like, like blah, 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 180 beats yeah. per minute. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah. yeah. Just destroying your ears. And like the, uh, are you a Don Diablo fan? I think he's fucking sick. Yeah, I like Don Diablo. Um, I, I don't regularly listen to him, but I think he has like some really cool songs. Yep. Um, but honestly, if I could pick one DJ, Martin Garrix, I've seen oh. this guy. I've seen this guy in Vegas like four times. Mm-hmm. Don't you have a picture of like right next to him? Yeah, I have a picture right next to him um, at the pool club. That's yeah. so sick. He's what? The famous he's, pool club. He's only club. like 21 years old, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's a beauty. He's young. I don't know how old he is, but he's like, he's, he's like been, pretty. He's been a big time DJ since he was like 16. Well, think about it. This guy, he's living a life. Oh my God! Go traveling in the saw, world. I went and saw him and Marshmallow up in uh, up in Toronto at Veld Music Festival. Woo! Well, you gotta go. You gotta go to. Oh my, oh, that's right. That that's photo. He, he live, that that he's right next to him. <laughs> that's so sick. <laughs> yeah. So, so T, like, you gotta come to Montreal with me and Ange, and we go to Ilsonic or Oceaga. If when that's ever a thing anymore. Right. Yeah, I mean when. Oh, yeah. Maybe in three years when Maybe it's sort of back to years. normal. But, uh, I mean, so this kind of wraps up our, our little segment. But before we go, we got something we do every episode with our guests, uh, rapid-fire questions. I'm going to go ahead and shoot that over to Sam. So, uh, Sammy, go ahead and take us away, pal. All right. So the first one, I mean, we talked a little bit about it. Um, what was your favorite concert you've ever gone to? Um, I got to say my most memorable one. I've only been to Illsonic once. It was the first year. Oh, I saw, oh my I, gosh, you're a real one. Yeah, I saw Laidback Luke, and Ooh. this guy's so I, good. I think this guy, out of every single DJ in the world, like his performances are the best. It's was that Steve Aoki different. with him? What's that? Was Steve Aoki with Laidback Luke? No, but oh my god, Steve Aoki! I saw him in oh my, I saw him in Vegas. Yeah, this guy's the fakest DJ in the world. Like he, he literally he just presses play and he concentrates on throwing his pies. Same thing with Zed. Zed literally had a pre-recorded set. These, yeah, don't even drop Steve Aoki on this podcast anymore. The guys in the <laughs> um, but I saw Laidback Luke and this guy's got to be like. He, there's a vlog. I, I, Matt, I would really look into it. He has a vlog, Laidback Luke, and he posts videos. Yeah, such a down to earth guy. Um, so I saw him and he put the Lion King uh, theme song. Like it was like, ah, and, and it literally went into a drop. Like he has a song called Mufasa. It went into a drop. I, I love that song. It was insane. 
It was insane. Stunt like Mufasa, right? Yeah, it was oh. insane. It was oh, insane. Man. And I saw, I saw uh, one of uh, Swedish House Mafia as one of their last concerts. Not a big deal. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Swedish yeah, House Mafia sick. was. They always put out bangers. Yeah. So. yeah, that's cool, man. All right, Sammy, what's up next? What do we got? All right, your favorite restaurant to eat at. This might be a little uh, bias for you, but uh, it's a little bias. Uh, hey, give us an at-home restaurant, and then your favorite va- favorite Vegas restaurant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, at home. Yep. I got I got two. I'm pretty biased. Marconi Pizzeria, <laughs> best pizza in Montreal. Uh, shout out on the podcast. And then uh, <laughs> we're gonna table, tag them in this. Table fifty one. Table fifty one. Table fifty one. Yes, sir. Table fifty one. Support local businesses. Order oh, from yeah. Marconi and Table fifty one. The best food in Montreal. All right. And then Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. That's a tough one. There's a lot of sick restaurants in Vegas. It depends what your budget is, you know? Yeah, true. I guess you're right. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. What's the, um, what's the Paris, What the one with the Eiffel Tower in front of it? Dude, I went to their brunch, bro. I fucking, oh. I think the bill was like 350 Mo, bucks. Mo, Mo like, Nabi, was it called Monami Gabi? I think so. They have crepes and stuff? Oh, uh, dude, they're- I think they're, the owner's from Quebec. Isn't she? Maybe. Their brunch is ridiculous. That's all well, I know. Well, there's, uh, there's that Greek bar- What's that? It's, he's got it's the Eiffel Tower. Tower. Oh, you got the Eiffel Tower right there. Um, yes, sir. Uh, there's this. The, there's a guy. Uh, uh, what's a what's a restaurant called? Milos. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a Greek restaurant. It started off in Montreal, and they have one in Vegas. This guy made a no kill. way. Yeah, a friend of my family is not a big deal. Um, <laughs> this guy literally had done so well for himself. I haven't gone to the one in Vegas yet, um, but that's a little Montreal flavor in Vegas. The mm-hmm. two places I recommend if somebody goes to Vegas, um, this sushi place called Sakana, mm-hmm. all you could eat for like twenty eight dollars uh, during Not dinner. Not bad. Incre- incredible stuff. That that yeah, T will eat the whole restaurant. Yeah, when he hears all. Is that a fucking fat joke, Sam? No, that's 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 a you like sushi joke. Oh, dude, I love sushi. Sushi's crap. That, I'm not that, always uh, against you, bro. I'm not the. Uh, I'm always chirping like you like to chirp me. I love chirping. It's cool. It's fun. <laughs> and then. All right. All right. There's Continue. this one other one. Um, I can't remember the name, so it's useless that I'm talking about it. But if you literally just search up like uh, top restaurant in Summerlin, it'll pop up. And it was okay. like insane of a restaurant. So I recommend. Vintner Grill, Vinter Grill, Vint Vinter Grill, Vintner okay. Grill, incredible food. So all the Vegas visitors, check them up, hit them up on Instagram. Uh, yeah. All right, this one is kind of basic. I mean, what's your dream car? Dream car. Um, Give us a color scheme. What yeah, would you like would do? Like, exotic Lambo yeah. for. Yeah. You know what? Just I, I can see you driving a minivan. A minivan. Min- <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're such an asshole. Dream car minivan. Yeah, it's a uh, Dodge Caravan. It's got to be rims. a red Ferrari F430. They don't even make them Ooh, anymore. Red Ferrari. Wow. Yeah. And he had the model. That's yeah. what you know. He, big, he's practiced this question. You like cars? I, I, I like cars. All right. um, I'm, I'm not the guy that could say your name every single car, but like... <laughs> I love cars. Absolutely. So, no. So, uh, 
So that's your small sports car. Like, if you were to go bigger car, what would you get? Like a more expensive one? No, 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 no. I'm talking like an SUV type car. Oh, SUV, yeah. Easy, easy. Like a Cayenne Turbo. Cayenne Turbo, yeah, that's a good car. Yeah, a good car. Those yeah, things are sick. Aesthetically pleasing. It's yeah. got yeah. a sounding engine, and it's, it's a nice compact car. It looks good. A lot of these, like, sports SUVs are, like, brutal. What do you think about yeah. the Lamborghini Urus? That's that overkill. The SUV one? Yeah, the yeah. SUV one. I saw one yesterday driving to the store. I, I, I saw it, and I was like, damn, that thing looks sick. But it, uh, the one I saw, like, the first time was yellow. Oh, it looks oh. so good. Oh. I'm just, I'm not a fan of it. It just looks like, I don't know. It, it kind of, I, I could see like, it looks nice, but it looks like, a, it looks too much like a transformer. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So. All right. T, you want to ask this last one? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Think- so if you could trade lives with anyone for one day, I'd fucking do me. Uh, but who would it be? Who would, who would you trade lives with just for the day? Man, that's a tough hey, one. Me, I'll send you fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, this is between both of you guys or anybody? No, just no, anybody. No, ever. Are you kidding me? Why would you want my life? Come on, trust <laughs> me. You don't want it. I know it could be anyone. present. We just past- talked about Martin Garrix. Uh, I mean, something. You got to give me something. Oh, honestly, I'd probably trade lives with like. Cristiano Ronaldo for one day. Oh, oh yeah. Just to see yeah. the live this guy lives. Yeah, I would too. He, he, absolutely he, incredible. What is he? That it was no, I think he was second behind Roger Federer between highest paid athlete of the year or something. Well, I think now he's the highest pay, paid athlete of all time, I believe. Is he? I thought Federer just won it this past year. No, dude. I'm telling go, you. Go check Google that. It. Go Google it. Yes, somebody's gonna have to drop a fact check later. Yeah, but uh, so one last question. I mean, this really isn't a rapid fire one because, uh, yeah. but if you could tell yourself, your past self, something that you know now, what would you say to him? Um, uh, the one thing I would say, I, I obviously, I think the one thing that you said, I think this is like a good clip on your guys' little Instagram. The one thing I was, yeah, man, that's almost got 700 followers. Give me a break. Just, just to put a clip on, like when you guys clip stuff. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say to myself, um, that I wish I would have known when I was younger, is to have fun, to have fun and enjoy the moment because I was always so caught up who was watching me, what school was watching me, what team was in the stands, how many points I had. It doesn't matter. All it matters is you need to live in the moment and you need to have fun. And I only, only fully grasped everything in college last year when I was actually having fun. And it's not to say that I wasn't told by my mom saying like, have fun, because when I was having fun, that's when the most schools talked to me. I had the most interest and I always played the best when I was having fun. So don't care about the outside noise. Focus on yourself. Have fun and enjoy the moment because you only play hockey once. Awesome. Unreal. Well, and fact that. check, fact check. My friend Matthew Toombs was right. Roger Federer became the highest paid <laughs> athlete on this year's list. Number two, number two, Cristiano Ronaldo. Number three, 
Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi. I told you. I told you. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I doubted you. I mean, I'm the number one Matt Toombs doubter, so. And I'm the number one chirper. At least he didn't mess up his name. I mean. (laughs) All right, man. Well, hey, Angelos, uh, thank you so much for being a part of this, man. You were awesome. Your answers were very well thought out. Your junior story was was crazy and and super kind of informative ish and it was tough for you but i'm glad you kind of found your home there at unlv and that's super important man i hope uh i hope nothing but the best for your next couple of years there i appreciate it guys thanks for having me on hope the podcast grows like crazy hoping oh yeah really hoping make sure you share with everyone at unlv and (laughs) and uh try and give us a little bump over there yeah